everyone, welcome to God's Plan, Your Part, Year 2, where this year we're reading through and studying the entire New Testament one chapter at a time. Thanks again for joining us in discovering God's plan and your part in it. Hey everyone, today we are in Matthew chapter 5. And Matthew chapter 5 is really just like this beginning of Jesus ministering to the people. Um, and I think it's actually kind of cool how he sets up his ministry with... Um, I don't know, setting some foundational ground rules before he begins telling um, his pretty classic stories and giving examples through parables. Today we're looking really at um, the Sermon on the Mount, which includes uh, the Beatitudes and then many other, um, I guess, just like sections on specific sins that I guess most people including us even today, uh, would struggle with. So there's a lot about um, this is what used to be said. This is how I see it now, or this is the truth now. Um, Not the truth, I guess, but necessarily like this is how you overcome those situations now. Take it even a step further than what you have always heard it said in the law. So we see Jesus just kind of laying out. (laughs) It's almost like he's laying out like his master's work or his, his thesis work, like here it is guys. And then is doing all of the, the field placements later. It's really interesting. The sermon on the Mount, it's, it's probably one of the most well-known things that Jesus did. I feel like, I feel like even uh, people who aren't super familiar with Jesus, at least have heard of the sermon on the Mount. It is more than just chapter five. The sermon on the Mount runs from Mm -hmm. Matthew five, through Matthew 7, it actually ends, well, I mean, actually, we'll get there in a couple of days, but it ends with um, him talking about the the wise builder and the foolish builder who built their house on the rock. Um, and actually, this is not what we're supposed to do, but I'm going to jump ahead to chapter 7 and just tell you how it ends. Um, it, it basically says, uh, this is chapter 7, verse 24, everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And I guess to be continued, you'll have to hear the rest Uh of that in chapter seven. But basically Jesus tells that story about the wise man building his house on the rock to refer to everything that he has taught from Matthew seven through, or sorry, Matthew five through Matthew seven. Luke also records this very well-known sermon, but his is called the sermon on the plain. And it happens in Luke chapter six. You'll see a lot of the same kind of themes Sounds like and a ideas. Weird <laughs> it, it's funny because people will say like, well, that that's contradictory because Matthew said it's a sermon on a mount and Luke said it's a sermon on a plane. Um, but <laughs> scholars make the point that obviously there had to have been a flat spot somewhere. <laughs> oh my goodness. There's also Seems a really stupid to get um, caught up in. <laughs> there's also a really interesting um, thought on how Matthew is trying to make this case that Jesus is a new and better Moses, very similar to what the writer of Hebrews is doing. Mm -hmm. So we already talked about how he uh, refers to the fact that Herod killed all the babies that were like two and younger, all the male children, Mm -hmm. and Pharaoh does exactly the same. Uh, Moses has this habit of going up on the mountain and speaking Mm -hmm. to the people. Uh, But there are are a lot of differences. Um, but it does seem like maybe Matthew is using this Sermon on the Mount to uh, appeal to his Jewish audience who are very familiar with the the ministry of Moses. Mm-hmm. So I guess some of the things that I was talking about at the beginning with just like you've been he- or you have heard that it was said, you've heard this, you've heard that. Uh, I think it really calls into light a lot of the things that 
our sins that maybe we don't necessarily like to deal with as well, even to this day. So a couple of the things that popped out were um, lust, divorce, um, basically how to deal with people when they do they when they wrong you. Uh, what do you do when somebody crosses you and you would just love more than anything else to do the same thing back? Um, keeping your word, loving those who hate you, um, even just like down to anger. And I think it goes like pretty specific, but then also like really broadly speaking. And I don't know about most of you, but I feel like when we think about anger, we oftentimes feel very justified in our anger. And Jesus is just calling it out right away. Um, you've heard that it was said that um, you shall not murder, but whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, anyone who's angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. So we've gone from like this physical act to all of this um, like mental, all these mental processes, like it goes far beyond the actual action and, and really judges the thoughts of the heart. It's really interesting if you think about modern American Jesus that just loves everybody and permits everything and is so full of forgiveness and doesn't really mind when people don't do what he says, but still loves them anyway. Uh, That does not seem to be the Jesus who is speaking here. Well, but what's interesting though, too, is it's not, it's, that is what is said, but no one actually does what Jesus does then. Like if Jesus loves everyone for everything, or forgives everyone for everything. Mm. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't get translated in there either. This is your if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you're probably sick of me hearing or sick of me saying this all the time. <laughs> but uh, Jesus is just not. It's really important that we understand Jesus to be who He actually is, from what the text reveals Him to be, uh, and not just like who we would like to think He is. Because He sees this giant crowd, He has compassion on the crowd, but the sermon He gives is pretty wild. Because, like you're saying, it's like, oh, you uh, you have anger in your heart. Well, actually, you're guilty of murder. Well, like, and if you think back to end of chapter four, like we said yesterday. The basis of his ministry altogether was repent for the kingdom of heaven Mm -hmm. is near. So coming right off of the idea of repentance, we have all of these instances that Jesus is talking about. So it's very clear, like, if these are things going on in your heart, you also need to repent of those things too. Don't continue on in this sin. Repent of those things so that you can continue on, oh my goodness, towards the last verse of this this chapter, which is, uh, let's see here, verse 48, therefore you must be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. Yeah, he literally says be perfect. Yikes. Nobody says that today. You'll get cursed or persecuted. <laughs> Um, there's a couple really important parts of this overall chapter. The first one, uh, is the beatitudes at the beginning, which are kind of like these opposites sort of, um, but they're kind of like these opening summaries of what Jesus is going to say. Uh, it can actually from the Greek, like we, we use blessed, blessed are the poor in spirit for there's the kingdom of heaven, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. Um, that could be translated happy or, or fortunate. So there's been some debate, uh, throughout history, what word we should pick to show the idea that Jesus is getting at. Um, the idea is basically the same way he's going to close the sermon. Like if you do what he says, you will be blessed. 
and blessed means you will be experiencing like you'll be fortunate uh, you'll be happy you will enjoy your life more if you look at verse 17 i think verse 17 is pretty scandalous uh, do not think that i have come to abolish the law or the prophets i have not come to abolish them but to fulfill them when he talks mm-hmm. about the law uh, he's talking about the first five books of the bible the pentateuch uh, and when he talks about the prophets, he's talking about the the latter part of the Old Testament, um, all the things that the prophets have commanded. Now, obviously, he's saying that he has come to fulfill these things because Jesus is literally the answer to those giant chunks of the Old Testament. Like they all speak to who he will be, what he will do, uh, how he will fulfill the sacrificial system, uh, how he has been pronounced to be coming. Uh, from the prophets. So he is the fulfillment of those. But this is another um, conflict with modern American Jesus, because there's a common idea out there like, oh, we don't even need to worry about the Old Testament. Like that's, that's old. That's the Old Testament. That one's gone. Uh, That is very silly. You cannot understand the New Testament without the Old Testament. Uh, And they shouldn't even be split up anyway. It's just one work. Well, kind of Going circling back a little bit to the perfection verse, because I think some people might have heard that and been like, oh, my gosh, this is like <laughs> be perfect. I can never be, be perfect. perfect. This is I might as well just throw my hands up and be done with this right now. And honestly, that's how I would feel, too, simply because that is something I oftentimes seek. And then I'm like, wait, I will never achieve perfection. However, what this verse is alluding to, our study Bible says it like this. It says it shows in verses 21 to 48, it shows that all the law and prophets find perfect fulfillment in God, the Father's perfection. Mm-hmm. Okay, All Jesus' disciples are called to pursue this perfection. Mm-hmm. doesn't mean achieve this perfection. It says to pursue it. If you're living a life where you're like, let's say you're, you're, you're trying to achieve this perfection, you will never do it. However, if you are pursuing it in all these areas of your life, like you will be more of a reflection of who God has called you to be than if you're like, you know, doing all of them except for one. Like people yeah. are going to become very skeptical, a, a world of of skeptics, 100 percent. And people who are ready to criticize anything um, are going to see that and really, I guess, judge what you profess to be. But if you're not willing to let go of some of these other things, you will not fully embody or um I guess, show to the world that you are committed to following Christ and mm-hmm. his, um, his example in these chapter or in this chapter. It's really interesting. Matthew has this, um, I think, intriguing habit of recording long discourses of Jesus. So this is the first of five. So there's five like longer sermons recorded in Matthew, and they're going to give us a pretty solid picture of who Jesus actually was and what he expected from his disciples and what he taught. And often Jesus has this habit of saying very crazy things whenever he's in front of a crowd. So if it rubs you the wrong way that he said that you should be perfect, uh, it did the same thing to the original audience. If you notice walking through the passage, and Jenny, I think you've alluded to this already, his original audience, this is first century Jews, they were dealing with a lot of the same things that we deal with today. Like the the passages on divorce, he's addressing divorce because it's just wildly everywhere. Like people are just mm-hmm. divorcing willy-nilly, no problem. They just divorce and remarry all the time. Of course, that's happening today. People <laughs> did not take their oath seriously. They would promise to do something and then never do it. People still do that today. Mm -hmm. Uh, People love to retaliate in unsensible ways. People love to do that today. Um, 
just as a side note, you'll see that it says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Uh, that is from Exodus 21, verses 23 to 25. And it was never God's heart that we should run around um, <laughs> punching out people's eyes and tearing out people's teeth. The point of that passage in Exodus is that there should be fair punishment that matches the crime. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. You, you should be um, you should be just in well, how you do things. And that was for like the... The law, like the actual say, law. If you tracked with us last year, you would have heard that as the as Moses was trying to establish the people to to like live in harmony with one another, there had to be those rules set and established exactly. for them so that there was not mass chaos out in the wilderness for forty flipping years. Like exactly. I can't imagine. So this is Jesus alluding to that, which is kind of what Matthew is doing in a way too. Like, hey, remember yes, this? Yes. That he's, we're taking it a step further now. He's correcting all their bad theology of how to handle the Old Testament, and he's like resetting what it was intended to do. Mm-hmm. So I know people will take that and be like, "Oh my word, that's what it was like in the Old Testament." No, it, that's not what it was like. That's what the law uh, described. So like, that's what the cops would do. Like, they yeah. didn't have cops, I guess, but that's that's how it worked. Just like we do today, there are punishments described for crimes. Mm -hmm. That's what was going on there. Finally, uh, I think, and I think maybe this is a great your part. There's so many things in the Sermon on the Mount that'll be great your parts. Uh, This one is just sticking out to me today. I'm just actually just going to read it. Uh, This is verse 43. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of the father who is in heaven. How unique would we be and how much would we stand out if we, in fact, loved our enemies and pray for those who persecute us? We would be so different. It's really than hard. Oh, man. I think of oftentimes like people that I don't know that I would say they're my enemies, but they're definitely people I do not get along with. And yeah. there are points in my life where I'm like, nope, I am not talking to them. I am not doing X, Y, Z. Usually Ryan is the one that comes along and pushes me in the right direction but um it is so uh, there's like a weight that is off your shoulders when you actually do what this says it's kind of funny um but i i'm sure you probably have instances in your own life and i would encourage you that if you don't have those instances to like do these things that seem to counteract so much of what's in within us it is like an amazing like i said earlier just like huge weight off your shoulders and you just feel good knowing that you've listened to the call that God's placed on you. There's this really interesting line. I think it's from Nelson Mandela. Uh, he says that bitterness is like drinking poison and hoping your enemy dies. Ooh. Uh, and, and like that is sort of like, obviously, Jesus That's is... not God's word, however. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's not God's word, but it's similar to what Jesus is saying here. Like, we don't meet our enemies with hate, with anger. Mm-hmm. Um, with aggression, we meet our enemies with love, with forgiveness, with prayer. And when we do that, we are acting as the people of God because God has done exactly the same thing for us. Mm -hmm. Uh, While we were yet sinners, Jesus gave his life for us. So Jesus died for us when we were still terrible people and against him. Mm -hmm. So that's why we care for those who are enemies. And I think it's really radically important today that we actually live this out. So that's the your part for today. Uh, You can take your pick. There's some bonus your parts in there if you want to stick around for the reading, check that out. Um, But I would encourage you to love your enemies in a real way. Uh, This is Friday if you're tracking with us like day by day. So just remember that the new format is that we will not be around 
for Saturday and Sunday. We're going to enjoy some weekend time off this year. Some rest. (laughs) Um, And hopefully, if you're behind, you can catch up or whatever. But don't be surprised when you don't see an episode from us tomorrow. We will be back Monday morning. So a new episode comes out Monday that will focus on Matthew chapter 6. So we'll see you then. Thanks for joining today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. As always, please consider partnering with us as we are a listener-supported podcast that we hope to continue to grow with support from listeners just like you. We've made it super easy to partner with us, and you can support us by following the link in our show notes or our description. You can support us with as little as $3 a month. Every little bit of this helps so much, and we're so thankful for your support. With that in mind, here's today's reading. Matthew chapter 5. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came with him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass away from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to counsel, and whoever says, You fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So, if you are offering your gift at the altar... And there, remember that your brother has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come to offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser, while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, You shall not commit adultery. But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better for you to lose one of your members than your whole body to go into hell. 
It was also said, whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again you have heard that it is said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, for it is the throne of God, or by earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth, but I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you in the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be the sons of the Father who is in heaven. For he makes his sons rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same? And if you only greet your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode of God's Plan, Your Part. Don't forget, you can find us on just about every social media platform and YouTube. Let us know what you thought of today's episode, and if you have any questions, go ahead and post them there. You can also reach out to us directly at godsplanyourpart at gmail.com. As always, if you don't have a Bible, or if you'd like to use the one that we use, uh, reach out to us via email, and we'll be happy to send one to you. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow.